For many Christians, persecution affects their life in different ways every day. It can affect their relationships, their family life, and it can even put them in harm's way. Despite this, many frontline ministry workers continue to serve God and fervently. TT is one of those workers whose ministry in Malaysia and Brunei has come at a great personal cost, but also reaped a great harvest. Today, he shares with us the countless ways in which he ministers and how he still finds joy despite persecution. Millions of Christians face intense persecution and risk their lives for the sake of the gospel. Vom Oz Radio supports persecuted Christians, giving a voice to the testimony of those who have been denied a voice. Our programs inform and encourage Christians in Australia and around the world to mobilize and to stand with our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to Vom Oz Radio, voice for the persecuted. Welcome back to Vom Oz Radio. I'm speaking via Zoom today to TT, a minister of the gospel in Malaysia and Brunei and a partner of Voice of the Martyrs Australia. And we love working with him. TT, it is so good to have you with us today. Thank you very much. I remember the first time we met, which was back in now 2018. I don't know if you remember this. It was at the very first Voice of the Martyrs fundraising dinner. And you shared about your work and you were actually sitting right next to me. And I was so impacted by your passion, by your Holy Spirit fire and boldness. And then we were also blessed again to have you come and speak at our church and give your testimony. So that was just a really lovely introduction to you and your work. Why don't you start by telling us about yourself and how you started your ministry? Hmm, okay, Bianca, thank you very much. That really uh, refreshed me, even in this time of, uh, you know, uh, lockdown. Yeah. Uh, yes, I want to recall back, um, you know, after I become a believer, I was really, really, really blessed. That's how I come to know the Lord. I feel the presence of God very powerful. But at the same time, there's a fear in me. You know, I don't want anyone to know that I become a believer. Because to become a believer to, uh, in this nation is very dangerous, where you can lock down. I, I, I mean, you, you can be jailed, you can be in prison. And uh, this is what happened. How I begin my ministry is, uh, I know the responsibility. My pastor told me, you become a believer, you need to share the gospel. You know, I love to share the gospel, but I have a big but, B-U-T, but only to the known Muslim, only to the Indian. No, I will choose uh, the one that I am like uh, more easier for me to share, uh, with, like Chinese, like India, but not to the Muslim. But I want to tell you uh, something, Bianca, you know, uh, in the one Sunday meeting, there's a one pastor filled with the Holy Spirit, and suddenly he pointed a finger at me. He said, you over there. You over there, stand up. And mm -hmm. I tried to look behind. Hey, who is behind me? You know, it is called, he said, you, 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 stand up. And I tell you, I stood up and I feel the presence of God so strong. And this man of God pointed at me and said, and we will stern in his eye. He said, God called you to reach out to your people. Wow. But, but to tell you the truth, in my heart, I will say, Lord, you know, I don't have the love towards my people. Wow. And how I wish I born Chinese or I born Indian or I born Italian <laughs> and I have more freedom to practice my Christianity. 
instead of uh, being born as a Malay. So that is the the the, the call, yeah, yeah, the, the first call into the ministry. So I, I begin to go deeper into the word of God, and of course I I face a severe persecution. Yeah. And in Malaysia, you can be imprisoned, you can be caned. Yeah. So that's how I uh, I feel that the, the, there's something within me. I really want to share the gospel. So that's how I uh, begin my ministry. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. And it's amazing that you, even though you knew the call, you still had doubts, but then you continued on and you still worked and did what you needed to do um, for your ministry. What, what impact, though, has persecution had on you and your family? Well, the, the, the impact is like, for me, for an example, uh, I've been married for almost 15 years. I'm married to an Indonesian. I'm married to a, someone that, uh, he, she is an intercessor. Uh, even uh, while we know each other, I told her, I said, I said uh, if we want to go further, you, you must know the price that you need to pay. Because we may, need, uh, may, we may not be able to stay together. Because in, in Malaysia, uh, you, you know, the only way that I can marry legally is only through the Muslim way. That means I have to go to the religious department, Islamic department. So I and my wife, and I thank God for my wife's fervent faith. She said, mm -hmm. we are not going to compromise. Because if we have to marry the, the Muslim way, I have, to, I have to renounce Christianity because they have all my record. And I said to my wife, we are, going not, we are not going to do that. And because of that, uh, legal, uh, we are not legally married. So right now, my wife is in uh, Medan, Indonesia, and she registered under a single mother. And even my two daughters, they don't, they, in their birth certificate, my name as a father is not written there. Wow. So, and I can't even stay in, in Indonesia more than one month. So that, that is why I have to go at, to and fro. Every month, uh, you know, I fly in and out. And, and therefore, I have to have another house to stay in, in Malaysia. So you see what a burden if I have to stay in Malaysia and Indonesia and back to and fro. So yeah, that is one of the biggest uh, challenges. That is, that is really difficult. So your marriage isn't legally recognized. So that's why you can't stay there. And so you travel back and forth all the time. I can't even imagine how difficult that must be. But your wife sounds like an amazing woman, an amazing woman of faith and prayer. And, and oh, how... Amen. And how do you, how do you, so do you see each other when you come for a month? Do you stay there for a month and then you go back and continue to minister? Oh, yes. I will stay there for like two weeks. But I want to tell you uh, something also. You, you know, for example, you know, once a year, I always try my best, you know, uh, in my capability to bring my wife for holiday, you know, with my children. But to tell you something, you know, even for me and my wife to stay in hotel together or to stay in the house together, we, I can be arrested. She can be arrested wow. because uh, in the in the Muslim law, we are committing fornication oh. because we are not husband and wife. <laughs> so I always have to use my wife name to register in the hotel. Then I will come back door. Oh. <laughs> back door. <laughs> wow, so that is quite an impact. The fact that you continue to do this is is amazing. How has persecution and how has all of this shaped the way you conduct your ministry? Uh, yeah, uh, persecution in many ways. Uh, that uh, first of all, even as we do the minister, uh, and we do ministry because back few years ago we were very active in West Malaysia. We were very active. 
and we travel from one state to another state, share the gospel, and many times we've been chased by the police, you know, but how, how the Lord cover us, amazing. Just imagine got one time, I got like five petrol cars after me. I was like, my head was sweating, my heart oh pumping my like a nobody business. I was praying, I was praying in tongue, oh Lord, help me Lord. <laughs> you know, but supernatural, the Lord, the Lord cover. Wow. But okay, that is another part, many parts. And many times, the, the authorities send the people in, pretending to be Christian. They are the wolf in the sheep clothing. They sound like shit, <laughs> but I say they are wolf, unbelievable, very scary. They can pray in tongue, they read the Bible, they pray early in the morning. I say, wow, and suddenly, uh, someday, uh, I, I mean, uh, this story, this man, uh, this uh, spy, he fall in love with one of our congregation. Oh, wow. So actually, they already planned the raid. And I tell you, if they do the raid, None of us can escape because there's only one way to that, uh, that area. There is only one way to the place where we worship. And there is no other way that we can come out. And what happened, just one night before the next day of the raid on Sunday, he gave a call to his girlfriend. He said, don't go to church tomorrow morning because we already planned the raid. Please keep secret this only for you. Not to Pastor Raphael, not to Pastor my late cousin Pastor Victor, not to Pastor Victor Daniel. It's only for you, secret, secretly. And but she was stirred deep. She called, she said, Pastor, please don't go to church this Sunday because they already planned the raid. <gasps> wow. And and I want to tell you also again, Bianca. I thank God for Voice of the Mother. How many times we have we have to shift from one house to another house to another house, and all is in the name of emergency. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. in the name of emergency, without the help of voice of the mother, I want to tell you, long time ago, we will be in the shoes of Raymond Kaur. Long, long time ago. Wow. And this is not one to time; it is many times. We have to in one night we have to shift up from the house. One night we have to pack all everything and. Uh, get the car, get the van, get the lorry, and pack everything and run. Oh, wow. So that is the question. Yeah, there are constant emergency situations for you, and I believe our listeners will be so um, really just in shocked and impacted by what they're hearing because they don't know that, you know, they, we come to church on a Sunday. I mean, we haven't been recently, but we come to church on a Sunday with no fear of having to move the building. And, um, Thank God that we're able to help you and help able to help you minister. So how did you actually begin working with Moist of the Mothers? Okay, I'd like to recall in the year 2007, before I come into full-time ministry, and I tell you, uh, Bianca, sharing the gospel is my bloodline, is my passion. Amen. I am willing to die, you know, if the Lord says, Raphael, if you do this, you will die as a mother. I will say, yes, Lord, no problem. No, the passion is unbelievable. And uh, so I started to, to minister a long time ago, but uh, like more towards a one-to-one, one-to-one. And until in the year 2007, I was working in the construction site. I baptized people in construction site. I share the gospel in construction site. I'm talking about, I'm sharing the gospel to the Muslim people. I give them the Bible and I see the transformation take place. That the Lord really, that's built my passion to more. Wow. I become more excitement. And uh, in year 2007, I was selected to be one of the most outstanding employees in the construction site. This is the huge, big construction site, big. 
and I, I got my trophy, I got my bonus, I got my certificate of honor. And I heard the voice of the Lord very strong and very clear. He said, Raphael, have you seen all these miracles? I said, yes, Lord. Because without you, it is impossible. And I'm a person who are not well educated. But it's amazing how the Lord helped me. And the Lord said very clear to me, he said, Raphael, I want you to drop everything. Wow. I want you to resign. And I want you to serve me. I said, Lord, I just got married not even one year. I still have to support my wife. The Lord said, Ralph, you have seen the miracle. It's stuck. I hear very clear. And you know, when I step into a full-time ministry in a more radical way, I tell you, we are lack of so many things. We are lacking of material. We lack of financial. I, in fact, whatever the Lord, I have, the Lord say, I want you to sow everything. Give, give to the ministry. Give to the church. Wow. And then I want to tell you, Sister Bianca, we, we got a lot of connection with the churches, a lot. But none of them want to give even an inch. They don't even, even uh, want to involve. But I understand, I don't blame the church. Okay. I know the, the you, you know, if, if, what, if they, they go ahead and help, help us, there, there is a big, uh, big problem will come over them. Right. Yeah. And that's how uh, the voice of the matter came in. Yeah. The voice of the mother came in uh, in year 2007-2008. We, we begin to know each other. And I thank God for the voice of the mother Australia that, that willing to come and willing to hear the story and willing to, to help us in material, in many more things. So yeah. that's how we, we begin to have a very strong relationship with the voice of the mother Australia. And I want to say today, uh, through the voice of the mother ministry, we have impacted many thousands of thousands of people in West Malaysia and also in East Malaysia, we are doing like radical evangelism. It's like amazing. I want to thank God. I can thank God enough for the voice of the mother, voice of the mother ministry that have come along to be partner of us. That's how I come to know the voice of the mother. Praise God. Praise God for that. Praise God that we found you also and we're able to work together. That is, it's a um, it's a great joy. And I just. I want to say that also, um, thank you for standing up and taking that call and leaving your construction job all those years ago to take on the call of full-time ministry with no resources and lots of need, but God provides, praise for providing for you. I just want to ask, could you describe your typical day? What does a day in the life of PT look like? What do you do on a day-to-day -day basis? How does your ministry run? Uh, okay, before this uh, COVID-19 pandemic, you know, I, I'm very busy. I, I'm re really busy. I travel to Sabah, I travel to Indonesia, I go to Brunei and one-to-one -one discipleship uh, with uh, all the leaders and together with my brother, Pastor Daniel, who is doing great, wonderful work there. And uh, evangelism and one-to-one, -one, we go to villages and so many things we do. And until, for now, uh, because of this uh, reason, this COVID-19 uh, pandemic, uh, where we have to be locked down, we, I'm not allowed to travel to, to even to Sabah at this moment. Wow. So, so what happened? I, I thank God for, again, for Voice of the Mother. Thank you for the, the ideas. You know, I joined the Zoom meeting every Tuesday, the prayer meeting. I was so blessed and that's how also I got idea. Thank you for uh, Tony Benjamin. Thank you for Ethan. You know, I got some, some ideas. And that's how recently, uh, just back two weeks ago, I got this, um, I got this uh, idea to start a Zoom meeting. Great. So, <laughs> so now we, we are having a Zoom meeting every Tuesday where we got like uh, 10 people in that group. 
I don't know how safe is this. I hope maybe Ethan can help. <laughs> no, I, I'm not sure how secure it is. Mm, uh, and then also at the same time, uh, Bianca, I'm preparing uh, a tools for discipleship because I see that is very important. You cannot just preach uh, the gospel and after they receive Jesus, goodbye, hello, sayonara, you know. <laughs> no, we cannot. We, we need to, to put the word of God in them. We need to disciple them because if not, they can stand any persecution. One inch of persecution, they will run 100 meters, you know, they will run away. So yeah. that's how I see the importance is to prepare the word of God. I mean, taking the word of God, study and prepare the, uh, the most effective tools to, uh, to disciple them at the same time, to make them become the harvesters. They are harvest, but to turn them to harvesters so that they also can win the, the so to many. And even some of the people in the group, I see they are very passionate. And I'm not surprised if this uh, Zoom group is going to birth. It's going to give birth to many more Beautiful. other Zoom groups. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah, discipleship is so important. So how do you disciple? How do you make sure that once these um, converts have become Christians, they are able to be equipped and empowered to not only, as you say, just be Christians, but be harvesters? How do you disciple them? Uh, uh, the first thing, uh, I need to create the excitement. They, they really need to be excited. And then I, I also, you know, like, like uh, Jesus Christ said, uh, teach about the sower. There, there's a four category of ground. So what my job is to keep on sow the seed. So then I can see uh, which ground are they uh, in. Are they in the category one, two, three, or four? Then asking the Holy Spirit, Lord, how do I disciple this person? Because this person now is in the in the second ground, you know, there's a four uh, four different ground. So uh, my job is uh, just to keep on sow the seed, sow the seed, share the testimony. Because I believe the word of God is very. This is foundation. Amen. All the testimony, even my testimony, I will not be happy to share without including the word of God. Because this is the word of God. This is the one that bring out a lot of the testimony. So Bianca, it's not easy to be uh, uh, to disciple them, but I just put my trust in the Lord, that the Lord uh, say one day at a time, one day at a time. Sometimes yeah. I worry too much, not, not how I'm going to fit them. Say, don't worry, Raphael, one day at a time, I will give you the message. Oh, that's yes. beautiful. That reminds <laughs> me of, that reminds me of, um, do not worry about tomorrow. You know, he says, do not worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow will worry about itself and just focus day by day by day and he'll give you what you need. Amen. So what, what are your biggest needs? If people today are listening and they want to be able to sow into um, Voice of the Martyrs and this ministry, what are your biggest needs? Uh, my biggest needs, uh, thank you, Bianca, for that question. My biggest needs, I really need a worker. I really need a worker. Because I cannot go around alone. You know, if anything happened to me, you know, nobody knows. I really need, and Jesus himself sent two by two, not one by one. Yeah. <laughs> Right. So I, yeah, I hope I can have more than two, uh, two workers to come along with me to travel to me, because in Malaysia, one thing I can tell you, Bianca, we got. Uh, I want to tell all uh, those who hear, we got the, uh, we got the believer of Jesus Christ, the MBB, all over Malaysia, all over, and some of them, uh, I mean, some of us who stay in the city, we have no problem connecting with internet in Zoom, but some of them in the remote area. Mm. So my one another biggest needs, uh, I need a proper transportation. A good transportation will help 
because we we do a lot of travel, a lot of travel. <laughs> yeah, so I I got a transport here, <laughs> but yeah, it's just so and so. Every time I have to have like a, a, a militant prayer. Oh Lord, let nothing happen to this car. Oh please, Lord, in Jesus' name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, that's really good to know. So transportation is a need and definitely the workers and we can pray into that. And we also, our frontline ministry does help to, um, to provide for these frontline workers. So we will continue to pray that God sends the workers for you. What, what, what are your hopes for the future? What do you hope to see and how do you see your ministry growing? Uh, my hope of, for the future is like that, I, especially after this pandemic, uh, COVID-19, after this is over, my prayer, my biggest prayer that many, many more my people will come to know the truth. Amen. Because they are very hungry. They are very passionate. You know, just like Paul said, they are very passionate, but without knowledge. So that's why the word of God is very important. We need to go there and keep on sow the seed. So yeah. my, my longing and my prayer, my heart desire to see many of them from uh, be, be set free. You know, just like I say in, in uh, a book of Isaiah, chapter 61, verse 1, the Spirit of the Lord is upon him, uh, me because he has anointed me to Amen. preach uh, the good news, to Amen. set the captives free, to open the prison door. So my heart desire is to open as many prison doors as we can. <laughs> yes. yeah. Amen. Yeah, so, Amen. And if, if our listeners are listening right now and they want to be able to reach their people around the people around them um, and they maybe feel fear or they don't feel like they have the boldness, how, how do you reach, say, these Muslim believers? I, I think the, the most powerful thing what we can do, you know, even the Bible said, how can they hear the gospel if they are not sent? How can they hear the preaching if, if uh, no one said? But I want to tell you, we are the body of Christ. Amen. Every part is very important. So I believe even though you cannot go to the field, but you can always send them to the field. Yeah. You know, uh, in the kingdom of God, nothing is secret that uh, the Lord teaches us to give, to bless, to help, because everybody is playing their part. Everyone, even those in the office, those in the field, those in the house, those in business, I want to tell you, my brother and sister, we need everyone. We need each other. Everyone is precious. Nobody is higher than one another. Everybody is that, so that we can come in one mind, one heart, one unity. One day when we go to heaven, we will say, oh, thank you very much. You know, through your faith, you have brought about 10 people to the Lord. Oh, amen. amen. <laughs> so based on the word of God, how can they hear the gospel if they are not being sent? How can those people hear the gospel if voice of the mother did not send me? Yes. Because the, the, the church don't want to evolve. But voice of the mother take the part and say, hey, we are here with you. We, we are here to support you. Come on, Raphael. Yes. You know, sometimes I text uh, uh, Brother Tony, uh, Tony Benjamin, three o'clock in the morning, he responded. Wow. <laughs> I, I, I have to take, uh, I have to say a thousand apologies. But this is the commitment that the voice of the mother. So be part. You can send. You can. You can do. Yeah. Oh, that's so encouraging. It's so great to hear that. Um, that we are helping to reach you to reach other people and to reach, um, Malaysia for Jesus. Amen. And I just want to also just say, you, your joy is so contagious. And um, what is what keeps you going? What are the greatest joys in this ministry for you? 
uh, the, uh, the, uh, the greatest joy I can say that, you know, whenever you see the soul set free, you are already blessed. Amen. You know, you know, there's a word say, the safest place is to be in the eyes of the tornado. <laughs> so my biggest safety, uh, uh, satisfy is whenever I do the will of God. You know, when I share the gospel, I can feel, even right now, I can feel the presence of God. I can feel the joy of the Lord. I don't know how to explain, but he, he is just like, yes, yes, yes. So I like, yeah, that, that's keep on me uh, going, even though I want to thank God for all the persecution, thank God for all the trial, thank God for all the pain, thank God for all the beating, thank God for many times how that we almost, you know, almost been put to death, but God come and rescue. So that give me an encouragement. It's just like what Jessica said. He said, go ye therefore and preach the gospel. And the Lord also promises, lo, I am with you always. Mm. And also the Bible said, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit come over you. I believe this power is not to show to the world, you know. It's not to, but the power to be my witness. Yes. Amen. And that's very relevant. After we just had Pentecost Sunday, it's so good to hear. Love that. The power of the Holy Spirit. And he equips us and sustains us for the journey. We are so thankful for you, TT. It was so good to hear from you today. Thank you for taking the time out to share your heart. It's always a joy to speak with you. And I'm sure our listeners are just so encouraged by just hearing about you and ministry in Malaysia. Um, thank you. Thank you again. If there's anything else that you would like to say or share, please go ahead. Yeah. yeah. I just want to share two favorite scripture, my yeah. favorite scripture. Uh, Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. They that know their God shall be strong and they shall carry up exploit. And the, the second one is Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. It is not by might, nor by power. But by my spirit, says the Lord of course. <laughs> I hope I sound like American, no? <laughs> <laughs> Praise the Lord. Yeah. Amen. That's Thank a powerful piece of scripture. It's only through him and his spirit that we can be equipped and um, empowered to go out and do everything that he's called us to do. Thank you so much, TT. It was great chatting to you. We'll speak again soon. Okay. Bye-bye. Christians in hostile nations may live far from us. As believers, we know that we are one with them and part of the body of Christ. As such, we can't ignore their suffering. If the Holy Spirit is impressing you to know more and support the work of Voice of the Martyrs, please visit our website at vom.com.au. All donations of $2 and more are tax deductible in Australia. This has been a production of Vom Oz Radio, voice for the persecuted.